0: Like for me, it was when I was in Bible college, you know, I grew up as a pastor, pastor's, uh, pastor's kid. You grew up, grew up, up as a pastor. pastor? Yeah. You grew up as a yeah, pastor? man, from birth. From
1: birth, you're from like, my, he is From anointed. the womb. He's like, Jeremiah 1-5. Our goal in this podcast is to know Jesus better and by the power of his spirit, do better so together we can be a little better. Hey, welcome to A Little Better, and if you're watching on YouTube, you have noticed we are in a new setup. We are moved out of the lead pastor's office. That's where <laughs> we've been for the past year and some change of Drew's office, and now we're kind of in a little studio. I don't know. It feels like we're in your living room, Jason, except it's a little chilly in here. Mine's yeah.
0: not, as, as as it's not as plush as this. It's not as
1: plush as this in your living room? We, we do so have a new uh, yeah, we do have a new setup uh, and over the next couple of weeks you'll see it change a little bit. We'll add some decor. You know, we slowly want to make it a little better. And so <laughs>
0: they might wonder where well where is this room? Yeah, this is actually yeah. in like one of the original OG yeah. uh, buildings of Northridge in 1940 we moved into this brick building which is right yeah. across from our main lobby and auditorium at our Rochester campus. Yeah. So we are in there.
1: Yeah, and with me on the podcast today is our pastor of spiritual formation, right? That's your title, right? That's that's correct. Uh, Jason, he's a friend of the podcast. He's been on a couple times. Drew and Brad are out uh, today, so it's just the two of us holding it down. So, yeah. Great.
0: All right. So, Daniel, uh, you preached on Sunday. Tell us the sermon in 60 seconds.
1: Yeah. So this is part three of our Getting to Know Your Bible series. Uh, And really the whole point of my talk this Sunday was how Jesus is on every page of our Bible or what is the story of our Bible. And I really was trying to show how we can really see Jesus in three major patterns of the Bible in creation, in people, and in uh, redemption or in, I I use the story of the Passover lamb. You could have picked other things uh, to do that, but that was kind of the thing. And then my thesis kind of from beginning to end was that the Bible is one story unified story that begs for Jesus. I adapted uh, the Bible Projects, you know, their, their whole mission statement is one unified story that leads to Jesus, but I changed it to, to begs for Jesus. And how our lives are that too. Our, our lives are one story of brokenness that needs a Savior, that needs a healer. And we look for a lot of things to do that in our own lives, but Jesus is really the only genuine thing that can bring healing to our life. And so, yeah, that was part three of getting to know your Bible.
0: I wonder if that was like sixty-five seconds. I don't know. It's it probably might have been was. a little bit longer. I usually
1: go short, and I, I <laughs> decided, like, I'm going to preach a little bit here. So this,
0: you the, had a, a lot you wanted to say, the and there was a lot that you left out. So hopefully, yeah. we can yeah talk about some of that this morning. But a simple answer, you know, the Sunday school answer is always Jesus. Jesus, and so this sermon to a T is what is the story of the Bible. The story Jesus. of the Bible yeah. is about Jesus. So uh, a big reason why we wanted to do this sermon in our series. Um, about the Bible as we wanted to kind of give like what is the story of the Bible we want to give people context so they know what they are talking about yeah. um, but we especially want to speak to people who have never read the Bible before You know, if you have never read the Bible before or you only have like a cursory understanding of what's going on, like how do you even start with reading the Bible? Yeah,
1: it can be difficult. You know, it's like we, before we started filming, you know, we were talking about thinking about somebody who jumps in the middle of a Star Wars series, like with movie six or something like that. You're like, what is happening here? Or or like if you jump into the middle of a movie or uh, imagine like getting any of the marvel movies right mm-hmm. all 20 plus movies that they're now making yes. of like where are we at on this cinematic you know multiverse timeline it's like it's it can be very difficult to track with all the nuances of what's really happening in the story and so for someone who's never read the bible i think there's you could probably have different answers to to be right mm-hmm. i think the point is you need to read your bible you know mm-hmm. of that but for for me if i'm giving suggestion to someone i'm saying Start in the New Testament, because there's Jesus. Mm-hmm. But you need to read your Old Testament. So my suggestion would almost be like, read the New Testament, then read the Old Testament, and then reread the New Testament, and then you mm-hmm. maybe you'll start seeing kind of this full encompassing. Uh, you may even have a different answer than that. But that's I usually, you know, the generic pastor answer is point somebody to the Gospel of John. There you yeah. see Jesus as the Savior, as he says, the Lamb of God. But there's that tension. If you've never read the story of Exodus, you're like, why is he called the lamb? That makes mm-hmm. no sense. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so I would say new, old, then back to new.
0: Yeah, often I think if someone has never read the Bible before, we point them to one of the Gospels. Yeah, uh, the Gospel is the is just simply the good news, yeah. and the good news is all about Jesus. All about and Jesus, there's yeah. four different Gospels, so in many ways you could point them to anyone. Um, the Gospels are the good news about Jesus, or you could say it's a biography about Jesus' right, life. Right. So we get like the clearest picture of of God, you know, coming as a man um, and revealing Himself through Jesus. Uh, but as we read the Gospels, then we kind of see the whole storyline of Scripture through the life of Jesus.
1: Yeah, absolutely.
0: I guess so. For tell me, Daniel. Like, okay, reading the Bible can be confusing for you. Uh, when did the Bible start to make sense to you personally?
1: Yeah, so I would have to say, like, I, I I think I told this in the beginning of the series when I opened it up in week one that through junior high and high school and then early into college, like I really didn't have a good grasp on Bible reading. It was seen as boring, even though I did go to church. I did have a uh, I was a faith of some kind. I'd been, you know, I I'd, I'd turned to Jesus, away from my sin, and I'd been baptized. You know that whole journey, but I'd really not been you know, discipled or started developing a faith of my own in a lot of ways. But after my uh, professor in college, sophomore year, sat down with me, I began to read the Bible on a regular basis. But I, I really was staying in the New Testament, if I'm being honest. Like, um, But then a few years later, probably my first year out of college, so maybe two, three years after that, um, I, I picked up uh, on recommendation from a friend about the Old Testament. It's a, it's a simple like little biblical theology book called From Dominion to Dynasty. And um, it's written by Stephen Dempster. And he walks through the Old Testament as an arc narrative, like from like what is the grand narrative of the Old Testament in the ordering of the Jewish, the Jewish ordering of the books. And so we still have the same Old Testament that uh, Jews today would read. It's just in a different order. Uh, we have the Greek ordering of the New, Te- the Old Testament of the Septuagint ordering. But he he walks through the what they would the Jewish people would call the Tanakh ordering, and it shows how the whole Bible and that storyline in the Old Testament is begging for a savior, for a Messiah, for Jesus. And it ends with Second Chronicles of like, and at the end of Second Chronicles, the people of God or uh, the nation of Israel are in distraught. They're not in their homeland. They, they don't have a leader. And the questions asked like, who's going to be this leader? Who, who is going to redeem us? And then like, if we had that ordering in our Bible, in our Old Testament, we would turn the page to Matthew chapter one, verse one, and it says, this is a genealogy of Jesus Christ, like the Messiah, the savior, like the son of David, the seed of Abraham, like, it'd be like, boom, there he is. We don't really get that with our Greek ordering, um, with, of, uh, you know, we end with the minor prophets. And it's kind of like, oh, here we are. And then we turn the page and there's Jesus. But that really made my Old Testament and my whole Bible come alive. And then when I started reading the, the New Testament again, I'm like, holy cow, look at all these references back to, you know, from the gospel of Matthew to, you know, Paul's language. Like he's just picking up on all these things and pointing back to the old Testament saying that was talking about the ultimate one who is Jesus. And Mm -hmm. so that really made it come alive for me.
0: What about you? Yeah, I think for me, you know, I grew up in a pastor's home. Um, and so I heard the Bible, you know, taught every Sunday. Um, my my parents were diligent about encouraging us to read the Bible on our own, buying Bibles for us, buying us study guides to do that. Um, so you'd think that I would have understood, you know, the story of the Bible yeah. as a kid, and yet I headed off to Bible college to go be a pastor. And it probably wasn't until my freshman or even my sophomore year of college mm-hmm. I was uh, attending a good church in Des Moines, Iowa, and um, it, we had a college ministry. And so I was in our college Sunday school class, and we were going through uh, what's called—I'm um, blanking on the name of it now—journeying
1: um, Bi- with the Bible. We were talking about uh, journeying the Bible. Anyways, I forget what it was yeah. called,
0: but basically they were walking through the whole story of the Bible, yeah, uh, starting with the Old Testament and the New Testament, and were they we doing got this to the a story. Or is yeah, it sermon we, we got to the story of Abraham and how God had made a promise to Abraham uh, that He's going to give Abraham land, a seed, and a blessing, um, and through ultimately through that. That is how God is working all throughout history, that the ultimate seed of Abraham is Jesus Mm -hmm. who's coming to rescue us. So I think that was one thing that helped me understand what's happening in the Old Testament, what's happening in the whole Bible altogether. I think another thing that kind of made sense to me was when I finally understood Jesus as our substitute. He is You talked about this in your sermon, but he is the Passover lamb. Mm -hmm. And so fully understanding the gospel that I needed Jesus to be that sacrificial lamb for my sin, kind of made the whole story of the Bible click together. Mm. Now, Dan- Daniel, if you were to try to summarize, some people, maybe they read the, the New Testament and it kind of makes more sense to them, yeah. but they jump into the Old Testament and they're like, I, I've got no idea what's going on here. You know, one, it's like twice as long as the New <laughs> Testament. So if you were to try to summarize as people are reading, you know, the Bible, the difference between the Old Testament and the New Testament, how would you summarize each of those books?
1: Yeah, so if you look at the first 11 chapters in Genesis, uh, it's really God dealing with humanity, you know, of, uh, in a whole. And then, you know, God basically isolates one person that would be the father of one people or nation, the nation of Israel, Abraham, and he is dealing kind of specifically with him. And through him, you kind of did the three things, land, seed, blessing. Mm-hmm. Uh, those three things, uh, just one biblical theology, those are exact flips of what Adam and Eve get curses and all land seed blessing. The ground would be cursed for Adam. So they're going to get land, the, their offspring would be difficult and childbearing seed. And then they are all cursed blessing. And so land seed blessing is what Abraham gets the reversal of the curse. The curse gets reversed. If you want to say that to Abraham and through that one man, through that one nation, um, he would have, those things and the way that God dealt with Abraham was going to be how all the nations would be blessed. So Mm -hmm. it wasn't just like God said, The heck with everybody else. I'm just gonna love this one people. No, God chose them because of His own good favor, and says, "Okay, you're gonna be an example and bring all the other nations unto yourself." Now they were obviously ultimate failures at that. Mm -hmm. They didn't. The the nation of Israel did not do that well in the storyline of the Old Testament. Just look. They 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 try to do good and they fail, and they you know there's this whole cycle of all throughout the Old Testament. But then there is one who came. Who was the seed, as you said earlier, mm-hmm. the Passover land, the seed, the, the son of David, the, the seed of Abraham, all these things. Who is Jesus, who is their Messiah, but he's also the Messiah to the world. He, he mm-hmm. came to
0: save all the you people. You talked about on Sunday, yeah. the passage from John, he's yeah. the savior of the world. The not world, just not just of Israel. Of Israel. Yeah. He is
1: of the world, and he is the unifier of the people of Israel and what we have in the new covenant. Believers, the mm-hmm. new covenant is promised in the Old Testament in Jeremiah and mm-hmm. Ezekiel. Um, it's promised there, but it's fulfilled in the life of yeah. Jesus, and He is the unifying factor mm-hmm. to um, to the people of yeah. God. And you could say the people of God being the Old Testament yeah. uh, nation of Israel or the nation of Israel, and then the New Testament, yeah. the all nations, the church. Mm-hmm. Uh, but the church does not replace. Israel. Mm-hmm. Um, it, it is, Jesus is the unifier between those two yeah. groups is how yeah. I would, I, I probably did way more. Language so, than so that help. could be yeah.
0: like, maybe you heard all that Daniel was just saying and you're like, okay, that's a lot. I'm still not <laughs> quite sure. I understand the difference yeah. between the Old Testament and the New Testament in one way. And this is probably not a perfect summary, yeah. but the Old Testament is mostly the story of God rescuing Israel. So, you know, going back to Abraham, Abraham was promised, hey, you're going to have a descendant. Mm -hmm. Abraham has a son named Isaac. Isaac has a son named Jacob. Eventually, Jacob's name is changed to Israel. And and that is where the nation of Israel came from. And so the whole Old Testament is looking at the story of Israel, awaiting a rescuer, a Messiah to save them from their bondage to the world around them, um, the bondage to their own sin. And then there's 400 years of silence, and then Jesus comes, and we have the New Testament. So the Old Testament is the story of God rescuing Israel. The New Testament is the story of God not just rescuing Israel, yeah. but God rescuing all nations. I mean, and that comes back to Abraham's uh, the, the promise yeah. that God is going to give him land, a seed, and a blessing. And that blessing ultimately is Jesus bringing salvation to the whole right. world. And so yeah. we are you you know, New Testament the, Christians. Yeah. But yeah? you could
1: get into the weeds and say, well, the Old Testament believers, they were supposed to be doing that in the first place, mm-hmm. but they didn't have the, I don't know, the power because they didn't mm-hmm. have the salvation that they needed from mm-hmm. that person. That, you know They were mm-hmm. like, oh, I can do it. I can trust in my works, the sacrifices, all these things. And, and yeah. God the whole time is like, no, these sacrifices are pointing to your ultimate need. Yeah. Uh, which is you need a messiah yeah. you need a savior one from you of mm-hmm. you as isaiah what is that 26 you know yeah. in that says like there will be one from you that will save yeah. you referencing to jesus in that regard
0: and suddenly you, basically your main idea was like the bible is one unified story of how do you say it that
1: begs for jesus begs yeah. for
0: jesus in the old testament the israel was begging for jesus yeah, to he's rescue yeah begging them. for jesus yeah and in the new testament the whole world is, is crying out for a savior yeah. and, and we all feel that ourselves because yeah. we are all pretty broken
1: yeah, we all feel that. What are some other ways, uh, I know we talked about this earlier, that I, I pointed out three patterns of of creation, people, and uh, substitute or redeemer, Passover lamb. There, are there other ways that we could see Jesus in the Old Testament or in the Bible
0: yeah, as well, a whole? I think you should answer that question okay. because you uh, are the one who left the light out of your sermon yeah, where yeah, you yeah. had a bunch of other ways. We yeah. do see Jesus in the Bible, so why don't you I, tell us?
1: Yeah, I think you could also see Jesus... Uh, James Hamilton Jr. in his book called Typology, he kind of talks, he highlights two other things that I'll highlight and reference the book in the show notes if you want to go and read it. Uh, He also references the institution of the law in the Old Testament, that you see Jesus fulfilling the law. You know, there are some modern scholars uh, or pastors who will say like, well, Jesus broke the Old Testament command of the Sabbath. I don't think you see that in the Old Testament. I don't think Jesus broke a single law. Uh, I think he broke the law of the Mishnah which was the additional rules put on. But with what God said in the Torah, Jesus does not break the Sabbath. You know, He does things that the Pharisee says were unlawful, but that's not what God said was unlawful. So we see him in the institution of the law. He is the perfect one of, of, of fulfilling the law righteously. But we also see him in the institution of marriage as Paul picks up on that analogy in Ephesians that the way that Christ has loved his bride The church is the way husbands are supposed to Mm -hmm. love their bride,
0: you know, the physical. Yeah, basically he like, talks about the like yeah. the woman and the man joining together and he yeah. said, but this isn't actually about the man and the woman. Yeah, this is it's about like, Christ and yeah. the church. You're like, really? And we pick up on that to yeah.
1: preach it or teach it at every marriage or wedding mm-hmm. or even like in church. Like this is how husbands and wives correlate. And yeah, that's helpful. But Paul, like there's that little verse at the end and he's like, well, this is not actually talking about this. Even though I used it to talk about this, this is talking about Christ and the church. And so it's helpful in that regard, but you see, you know, Jesus in those two ways. And I think mm-hmm. any of the people that I quickly rifled through you, there's more, you know, you mm-hmm. could talk about, uh, people in Genesis like Tamar or, uh, people in the time of the judges. Like I didn't even talk about judges or mm-hmm. Boaz and Ruth and their relationship, the kinsman redeemer, okay. or like there's the, there's in so Every, many every book of
0: the Bible is really pointing to Jesus.
1: Yeah. Um, but the question yeah. is, is, is I think that we could talk about a little bit is how, You know, how in which, you know, or is there a way to get to Jesus too quickly? (laughs) Is that the right way to say that? Yeah.
0: Yeah, I guess there's a question, like, do can we overread Jesus into the Bible? And you're like, that's not really talking about Jesus there.
1: Yeah. Yeah, I think there is. You know, there is a way where we could do that, where people could dangerously just trump their Old Testament up to fables. But that's not the case, you know. That's not the case at all, that the Bible is crafted intentionally to tell a story Um, and it's in the people that God interacts with through the old Testament and the new is intentional, you know, that the whole scriptures are God breathed uh, Mm -hmm. and it's, it's, you know, you're going to talk about next week, uh, what it's useful for. Right. And Mm so there's a way that we could overreach that, you know, the ancient preacher, uh, Prince of preachers, Charles Spurgeon, you know, he said, when you preach your old Testament, uh, teach the text and make a beeline to Jesus, you know, and Mm -hmm. make a beeline to the cross I think sometimes we just overdo that some mm-hmm. and don't just sit in the story of itself because obviously that Old Testament passage, story, whether it's a narrative or if it's law mm-hmm. or whatever it is, it's, it's proclaiming something. It's mm-hmm. telling us truth, and it is, could be helpful for the list of things you're going to talk about next week. And so we should sit in our Old Testament text and ask the question like, who was this written to? Mm-hmm. The questions Drew asked last week, who wrote it? Why'd they write it? What is this teaching about God? Mm-hmm. What does this teach me about me as a human being?, yeah. and how does it teach me how I should engage with the world yeah. around me? But meaning and application are two different things, yeah. like I think the reason we sit so much in our New Testament is we think uh incorrectly sometimes that there's this one to one correlation that I can read something in the New Testament and I read it almost as if it was a letter written to me. Mm-hmm. you know, but if your wife Laura, wrote you this is the classic preacher analogy, right? Uh, mm. Wrote you a love letter and I picked it up like you know, it was written to, to mm. Daniel. I would I be <laughs> gro- I'd be like grossly mistaken, yeah. right? Uh, and the same in reversal to, from my wife, from, you know, if I wrote a love letter to my wife and then you picked it up acting like I was writing it to you, mm-hmm. that's not the way it's intended. Yeah. We, we always have to ask that context question of who wrote it? Why were they writing it? Who were they writing it to? Yeah. Um, and you don't have to, like, if you're reading through like, the book of Galatians or even like the book of Exodus, once you know that, Mm -hmm. you're like, okay, you don't have to sit there and be like, okay, who is this written to? You know, once you do that one time and you remember if you're going back once every day and reading through that that book, like you're like, okay, I know that this was written by... The Book of Exodus by Moses. the The context is the people were yeah. in slavery. Okay, depending on where you are in the the narrative, have they been rescued from slavery yet? Yeah. Uh, you know, and you're asking yourself those questions so that you're like, okay, what would this meant to them?
0: Yeah, we all ultimately yeah. want to ask. The first principle of Bible Bible like understanding is context who's it written to, what are they writing about before we try to apply it in our own circumstances. Yeah. So I think also one principle of Bible interpretation um, is to like understand the whole story. So we go back to like, you got to read the Old Testament to understand the mm-hmm. New Testament. You got to read the New Testament to understand the Old Testament. And so if you're trying to figure out Am I reading Jesus into the text? Well, look at where the New Testament talks about Jesus in the Old Testament to get the clearest picture of where he's revealed. Yeah,
1: the best way to understand the Bible is the Bible. You know, like I feel like that's been, there's some, um, you know, like, If a the best kind of Bible, I think, and you know, we've talked about good study Bibles, but also like the references that those Bible make, the Mm -hmm. that you know, good study Bibles have like textual references. Like, if you're reading in Exodus, it may be like, oh, this verse is cited in Matthew chapter seven. Oh, Mm -hmm. well, I should go read Matthew. The, maybe you read Matthew chapter 7, okay, how does this p- apply? Oh, wow, look at that. Look at that mm-hmm. connection. The Bible makes it for you yeah. if you'll just follow the footnotes, right, mm-hmm. um, in a lot of ways. But I think at the end, if you're reading in the Old Testament, the a proper way to understand Jesus is once you've done that proper, okay, who, who's writing, who they're writing to, kind of all that, and then you kind of get that last question that you could tack on based on this past sermon is how does Jesus fulfill this? Mm-hmm. You know, And it may be... If you're looking at the book of Exodus, you may have the same answer every single time for that one book, and that's okay, Mm -hmm. but it's like helping you have a greater understanding. I love reading the Old Testament because thinking about like, wow, how beautiful is it that I live on this side of the cross Mm -hmm. where you know those people were having faith, longing, hoping that God would remain faithful to his promises, and I get to look back and say, look at how God has remained faithful to his promises. Now, they Mm -hmm. had examples too in the past. But I have way more examples Mm -hmm. than they had. And now I can think, I know God is going to remain faithful, Mm -hmm. not only in my life, but to humanity, to his church, to do what he said. You know, Jesus says he's going to build his church. Jesus says he's going to come back. You know, Jesus says he's going to renew all this. Like, I can be encouraged and hold on to that faith that has been placed before me because of look at how God's been faithful mm-hmm. all through the scriptures, all from beginning to end and in history, mm-hmm. he has been faithful. Yeah. And so that's, that's always encouraging to me. That's why I love reading the old Testament. But then, you know, I think properly like, okay, how can I apply it to my heart? Yeah. My situation, um, in that regard.
0: It takes a long time. I mean, it I've does, been yeah. been a Christian for my whole life. I mean, I'm 40 and I made a profession of salvation when I was four. I'm still trying to understand wow. the Bible and, You know, so you might be discouraged, like, okay, like I read this and I have no idea what's going on. I think Daniel's message on Sunday ultimately gives us some context. Okay. The ultimate story is about Jesus. So try to understand where this fits into that. But ultimately, to to understand the New Testament, you gotta understand the Old Testament, you gotta gotta read the Old Testament, and to understand the Old Testament, you gotta read the New Testament. So it's just gonna take Years of time reading the Old Testament, reading the New Testament, reading the Old Testament, reading the New Testament, and then as you continue to read the Bible the more and more, yeah you'll see how the whole story fits together. Yeah.
1: I hope my sermon did two things uh, first, this conversation, I hope it does not make the one thing I hope it did not do, and then one thing I hope it did do one thing I hope it did not do is to present that I had somehow arrived you know in my Bible reading like mm-hmm. I have definitely not arrived in any scope of the matter like I am still. You know, yeah. God is still working on me and both in knowledge and obedience. Mm-hmm. Um, and the second thing I hope that it did do is whet your appetite to read your Bible yeah. and be like, man, I want to search the scriptures and, and, and I, I'm not like a seek and find. Like, mm-hmm. I want to find Jesus, but just like, I want to read it with that lens. I hope every week has almost, you know, thinking of it's getting closer to Christmas time, the Santa Claus movies with Disney, right? The, um, of how when he's reading that little card, a little Disney reference here, Mm -hmm. when he's reading that little card of the Santa Claus, you Mm -hmm. know, and they're doing like the magnifying glass for the lens, right? I hope every week of the series has kind of gotten a a little bit more clarity around what Mm -hmm. the Bible is. A little bit more clarity, Mm -hmm. a little bit more clarity, a little bit more clarity. Like you're going to get your eyes checked and Mm -hmm. you need a new prescription. And I hope every week has brought you a little bit more clarity so you feel more confident to dive into God's word, mm-hmm. um, to search the scriptures for yourself. You have the power of the Holy Spirit with you if you're a follower of Jesus um, and he can help you know guide, direct, and point you. And even next week with your sermon, hopefully it's a little yeah. bit more clarity on uh, what yeah. we can
0: use. It's about Bible relevant for. to our lives and how can we use it? That's what yeah. we're gonna talk That's about next, next week. week yeah. yeah,
1: but you'll have to hang out. We hope you had a great Thanksgiving week as well. And we can't wait to hang out with you again
0: next week.